0: All right. Um, Welcome, Natalie. I'm really excited to have you here and to share with us some of your thoughts and ideas. But first, I would love for you to just introduce yourself to us a little bit. All about you.
1: All about you. All about me. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be here. I am a life coach and I specialize with inner critic work. So, I do a lot of work with perfectionism, all or nothing thinking, really extremes mm-hmm. and trying to trying to expose truth. I really love the work of exposing truth, so when it interlinks with the gospel and our spirituality, I get really excited to talk about that,
0: yeah, me too. I think that's why I'm really excited to have you on here is because there's just something about bringing gospel teachings together with life coaching that I think is, is really powerful. And I want to say magical. I know magic isn't real, but (laughs) it seems like that,
1: right? I mean, yeah. And magic came from an idea, I think. So the way I see it, magic had to come from something like spirituality.
0: Ooh, I like that. (laughs) So you work specifically like with,
1: Latter-day Saint, is it women, men, both? I actually don't. I've actually been working with a very wide variety of people to where I've had women in their 70s, men in their 40s and 50s and 30s. I've had teenagers, uh, young adults and children, and I had a really hard time originally trying to decide who to coach because I've loved coaching everybody. I have this desire to connect with people in general. And I have, I've always had the idea that there isn't a person on earth that I don't have something I can learn from them. Mm. And that has been proven right over and over and over again in my coaching sessions whether I'm with an eight-year-old or a 78-year-old, they have so much to teach me. And so really I'm just being selfish where I'm like, no, I want to, I want to talk to all the people because there's so much to learn.
0: I think that is really beautiful. And I really admire that about you. And I think that also says a lot about you as a person and as a coach that you just have that love for everyone and that idea that you can learn from everyone. And you said that you love to, to help people to discover their perfectionism and inner critic. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: One thing I've been saying for really the entire time I've been a coach, kind of a core value of mine has been, I really don't care what people choose to do. I just care why they do it. The choices being right or wrong in my perspective are pretty much irrelevant. Okay. Okay. Especially from a spiritual standpoint and my personal beliefs in Christ, right and wrong have nothing to do with it. It's about exercising agency and being willing to make both right and wrong decisions in an effort to gain a connection with the Savior and with ourselves.
0: Okay. So tell me a little bit about how you came to that place where it's not so much if the choice is right or wrong, but it's why you do the choice.
1: So this might be an unpopular opinion. Totally fine. I'm, I'm willing to have any questions about it. I recognized after some time, because in our culture, there's a lot of right or wrong. There's a lot of all or nothing perfectionism. There's a lot of people trying to be the good person. Do it right. Be the example. And I started to recognize this disconnect between doing the right things and how we feel about it. Mm. So when I, I remember having some of our friends come to us and let us know that they made the decision to leave the church. Okay. And my impulsive response was, I'm happy for you. Oh but it was my truth. And the reason why was because they were finally making decisions for themselves.
0: Okay. Rather than just, this is what I'm told I'm supposed to do.
1: And so that's why I'm doing it. That's exactly it. Because much greater in my experience than doing what I'm supposed to do is finding a reason I love for the things that I'm involved in what I think my purpose is really what I choose to focus my life around. And that has absolutely included both good and bad decisions. It's included mistakes. It's included serving people. It's included times when the church was a support to me. It's also included times when I used the church against myself
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I think it's all inclusive because the overall goal isn't, hey, make all the right decisions because we're literally told we're not going to do that. Right. And that was, that was God's plan. That wasn't my plan. So the overall goal is, hey, use your agency to make decisions, period, and then learn from those decisions. Ultimately to develop a desire to want Christ in your life.
0: I really love that. And that actually reminds me of a conference talk from a few years ago, I think it was Quentin L. Cook, but I don't remember for sure. But he talked about that. Like Heavenly Father would much rather have children who are, uh, I might word it wrong, but essentially what you were saying, like not who are obedient just because they're supposed to, but because they want to.
1: Right, right yeah, I, I And think I think that with that. Obedience, obedience can be powerful. Obedience can be extremely useful. I just think there's something a little bit spiritually immature about solely choosing obedience.
0: like just for the sake of it.
1: right. Just because someone else decided that that's what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. and I'm following suit. Right. I think that's a way that, and you and I talked about kind of how we use perfectionism to outsource or delegate our authority to somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I want to dive into that. And I just want to say like with this idea of obedience being kind of spiritually immature, kind of my thought on that is, and sometimes that's where we're at, <laughs> right? Like,
1: There are times
0: where I am spiritually immature and I'll do something because I know I'm supposed to, but I don't stay there forever. Right. (laughs) Like we all have these times of, of growing, but yeah, I want to dive in now into the, this idea of perfectionism and how that kind of takes away our agency. Tell us, tell us about your
1: thoughts on that. I've had, A very wide variety of thoughts on this. I've thought about it for years, (laughs) but really what it comes down to is our job isn't perfection. That job was given to somebody else, but we get into this self consumed area in our lives where we believe that it is our job to do everything the right way, be the example, um, be the good person. And ultimately, we end up not needing Christ which is a major problem in my opinion because if i don't need christ i mean what's the point mhm
0: yes because yes. If we're already perfect then we don't need him and so and we
1: always try to try to not need him hey right but his job was perfection my job Was exercising agency, making choices, making decisions and learning. I mean, God leaves it up to us. He's going to give us the desires of our hearts. But I do believe those desires come from making choices, learning from those choices and developing a capacity to desire Christ, either because we need him or because we want him involved in our lives and i loved i loved your perspective on repentance because you make it about asking christ for help when we're relying on ourselves we don't need anybody else when we are perfect and we don't need any answers from anybody else because we've got this like we don't we don't need connection we don't need somebody to come in and teach us anything and i think we're really missing out on so much of what life has to offer when we aren't looking at repentance as I just want Christ. I want his help. I, I want to see what I'm capable of with him.
0: And that's such a different energy, right? Like when, when I want Christ and I want to see what I can do with him, that's such a different energy or feeling compared to like, I can't. (laughs) And so I, I need, but even But, and then that's even a different energy from, I have to do it on myself. I have to do it myself. I have to do it on my own.
1: Right. I like to think of Christ and really repentance, the church, teachings in the church. I like to think of them all as tools Mm -hmm. that are either supporting and helping me or things that I'm using to kind of disrupt and hurt me. yeah. But ultimately I am the one that gets to decide what these tools mean and what they can do in my life.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. And I think agency and our, even our desires like to be righteous. I think those are tools that we do use against ourselves a really, really large amount of the time. So you had talked to me earlier a little bit about when we're going to make choices using our agency that sometimes we look at choices with a very extreme lens. Mm -hmm. And so how, how can that be a thing that can be detrimental to us that kind of then uses agency against ourselves?
1: Well, I think it's that all or nothing mindset where I'm either a good person or I'm a terrible person. I'm either progressing or I'm incapable when neither end is accurate, neither is the truth. And I think we, we use this or in the middle, I'm either good or bad, to define ourselves when these are just adjectives. (laughs) They're not, they're not who we are. They're just part of the human experience just like god told us hey there's going to be opposition in all things i mean christ literally took death and redefined it to mean eternal life so we have this playing ground he gave us full access to learn anything any way whatsoever and still be able to choose him through all of it, which means good and bad. It means right and wrong. It means I am going to have an all-inclusive life experience because I'm here to learn. And I think the extreme thinking is so limiting because we're pretending like we get to be the judge Mm -hmm. and we don't have all of the information. Why on earth do we think that we have any right to even be the judge of ourselves when we have no idea beginning to end? And we really end up being these, we suck at it. We suck at judging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Kate, I love that idea that what you said, we have full access to learn anything in any way that we want. And to still choose Christ. And I think where I've seen that for myself. And I had done a podcast about like, give Jesus your worst. Because then I have so much more to give. Right? Because when when we want to give him our best, which I think is, is totally good. Of course, we want to do that. But when we're also willing to just give him our worst is saying, yeah, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to make wrong choices. And this almost sounds contradictory as I'm thinking it in my head, but making wrong choices isn't
1: quote unquote, like,
0: <laughs> bad. <laughs> I don't know.
1: That's I not- literally, that is exactly how I would describe it. And that's what I learned a couple of years ago is, whoa, wrong doesn't equal bad. Right. Not with Christ involved. Right. Like wrong. How many choices have I made? that were the wrong choice, that ended up being the reason why I needed Christ.
0: Yes. And it helped you recognize that.
1: Absolutely. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had experiences as a 16, 17-year-old that I still think about constantly to remind myself, hey, but like, he's real. You really believe this. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think letting go of that all or nothing thinking or that I'm good or bad, right? It helps us to develop greater trust in ourselves because it's so easy to be like, okay, well, I have to make this right choice because if I make the wrong choice, then all of my future choices will be wrong.
1: Right. Well, and that's where... Exactly. And that's where most of us, I I don't know if I can say most of us, but I can say that I have been someone who has wanted to outsource that authority to lean on other people's ideas of the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things so that I don't have to be the one that's at fault.
0: Yes. Outsourcing authority. Okay. Who do you think I have my idea but I want to get your idea. Who do you think we most often outsource our authority to?
1: I think it depends. I think it depends on the situation and the person because I think I think a lot of times it's in a marriage it's as a wife we can outsource our authority to our husband and believe that he has more access to um spiritual revelation mm-hmm. for us than we do. We can we can do that. I certainly think that in my experience through processing what I think about the role of a prophet, like the piece that I've been able to find as I'm trying to find and develop my own internal authority is the prophet is there as this like guide to help me understand what it is I ought to be praying about oh. to help me take specific questions or specific topics straight to God. And when I'm not choosing to take what I learn or what I hear or questions I have when I'm listening to the prophet, if I don't take that next step to go to directly to God, I feel like I'm missing a part of my own spiritual development and developing that, that trust within myself that you're talking about, where it's like, I want to exercise my capacity to make the best decisions for myself because I'm the one that has to live my life. I'm the one that knows the most about what I want. But if I'm relying 100% on him mm-hmm. to know what I want and what I should do, I'm not going to strengthen that muscle to its highest level.
0: Yeah. And that could even then lead to like, if if you're not exercising that, that muscle of, you know, taking it to the Lord and coming to know for yourself and using your agency for that, then it's really easy to then be
1: resentful and angry and blaming. Right. Which is the, feels like the safer option to just trust him 100%. And then the second he says something that I don't like, be like, oh my gosh, Right. Then, <laughs> okay. So, like, my entire up, my core beliefs that I've had my entire life now, I don't agree with him. So, I'm screwed. Right. Which is that all or nothing, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, that's expecting perfection out of humanity. And we were told that will never happen. Like, perfection is christ that's that's the only reason we can be involved with perfect is because we like cling on to him yeah otherwise we can't associate with perfect
0: that's so true hey and just that sometimes that reminder is just really important that yeah it is because of jesus christ that we get to experience any sort of perfection or be a part of it right like it's all just through him
1: well, and that's where I think we can allow the smaller details and the list of to-dos to restrict us. Where if I'm not doing all of the things that I'm supposed to be doing from my religion standpoint then I can get very distracted believing things about how I'm not enough and I should be better. I make all of those things mean something about who I am. Mm -hmm. And he has the answer. Who I am doesn't change based on what I do. And he made sure of that. I like that. It's such a good reminder. I just think we tend to almost try to take too much control over our actions and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. in an effort to prove that we are worthy or prove that we're doing well enough and we deserve to be recognized for that. I don't really know everybody's motives all the time. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we do that. I think we do that. And then we also go to the other extreme where, or, or maybe some people lean more on one side and people lean more on this other side, where it's, it's always someone else's fault where, why I'm not doing this. Right.
1: Well, which is when we're using the tools to either shame or blame.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's
1: using God's tools in a way that doesn't come from him. Yes,
0: exactly. I think we're, we're really good at doing that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Well, this idea of outsourcing authority, I want to go back to that quickly. Um, I, I've seen a lot in my life personally The person that I outsource my authority to most often is actually God, where I'm like, okay, what should I do here? And this has happened so many, so many times where I get this answer of you get to decide. I'm like, okay, but which one should I choose? (laughs) Right? Where it's like, if I had this clear answer that I get to choose and I'm still wanting God to tell me which one's the more right choice
1: still wanting to push away that that gift really mm-hmm. of hey this is your choice literally make any choice you want to make and you don't want to do it yeah because there's that fear that it's going to be wrong mhm so what if it is ooh Right. (laughs) Like, especially as, as people of faith, like, isn't the whole point to be willing to get it wrong and have that amount of faith in Christ. Oh my goodness. You just made
0: such a connection for me. Like to have faith in Christ that even if I make the wrong choice, it will be okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. That's the- <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is the journey that I've been working on is we're so afraid to get it wrong, but what is the result of being afraid of getting it wrong?
0: Is you like, don't do anything to? and like, that's the most wrong.
1: Exactly. And you can tell whether or not these thoughts are working for you like whether or not it works to think, oh my gosh, but I can't, I can't make a wrong decision mm-hmm. based on the fuel that it gives you based on the emotion that comes up. I'd like to think about it as simply as I possibly can, because we overcomplicate decisions in astronomical ways, <laughs> but <Truth. laughs> so I can simplify them. I like to, and I mean, a few of the ways I do this are finding the reason I love the most, going with that reason, which always makes me think about what emotion comes up, but also, am I more open or am I more closed when I'm thinking toward this decision or that decision? What I mean by that is I don't think that when we're sitting there contemplating, should I or shouldn't I, it's helpful to think I need to be better. I need to be different than I am. Basically, I'm not enough. I don't think that that is useful. And I don't think at all that those are thoughts that are coming from God. Yes. I don't think that's, he would, he would not talk to us like that. You need to be better. Yeah, maybe. But he would also be focusing on our strengths and the progress that we've made that we are totally avoiding. Right. I just try to think, is this situation asking for me to be more of who I am or less of who I am? Mm, what do you mean by, do you have like a, maybe an example? So when you're making decisions, even for, even for trying to decide what you think about different beliefs. hmm where it's like, okay, if I am someone who wants to go out to dinner on a Sunday, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> if I want to go to dinner on a Sunday, but my church is telling me, hey, we we keep the Sabbath day holy. What's my reason for not going to dinner on Sunday? Is it because my church thinks I should keep the Sabbath day holy, or is it because of a reason that I like better than that?
0: Which is probably going to be a lot more personal.
1: Yes. Right? Much more Rather personal. than my
0: church tells me, which is again, delegating that authority to an
1: organization. Yes. Which the way I see it, if you're making a decision based on that reason, neither decision matters because... You're not putting your decision into it. You're really not considering, well, what do I think about this? Mm -hmm. But to get to that point of more me or less of me, I think a lot of the time when we are deciding between right and wrong, We are making that choice based on either if I were to be less of me right now, someone would approve more, God, uh, church leaders, neighbors, whatever. Or if I were to be more of me right now, what decision would feel the most authentic, the most truthful for where I'm at today and what I'm looking to accomplish? What is my purpose here? I think one of those feels more open. One of them feels more closed. Yes. And so if I can simplify it by saying Christ is always going to ask for more of who I am. And I think the opposite. I think the adversary, I mean, this is just beliefs according to Natalie. Sure. Sure. I think the adversary is going to tell me I need to be less of who I am.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. The way we pose the questions to ourselves can tell us a whole lot about whether or not we ought to act from that mindset.
0: Right. Well, and what that kind of makes me think of is what you had said earlier, like our, our job here is to exercise our agency to make choices and to learn from it. And so if, you know, maybe you're someone who, who had never gone out to dinner on Sunday, right? Like, let's just stick with that example. And then maybe one time you decide, do you know what? My reason to not go is because the church tells me I shouldn't, but like, really, I'm deciding that I want to go. Then you get to learn from that, right? Maybe you learn, oh, hey, this is what I keep keeping this Sabbath day. Holy, not going out to dinner is something I actually do value more, but you learn it because you made the choice to go, right? But then you learn it for yourself. Right. Or maybe you decide, actually, I do like this better. And again, you get to use your agency more fully. In both cases, right?
1: Absolutely. And that's why I think it's important to consider letter of the law versus spirit of the law. Because what I think my brain does is I don't believe for a second that I know better than anybody else about what they should be doing with their life. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that at all. Whether I have my own perspectives on who Christ is and the gospel and why we're here on earth and who I am or not, like, I don't get to decide how somebody else should be using their agency. Right.
0: That can be a difficult place to get to, right? And I think a lot of it is, is well-intentioned, right? If we are believing that we know better, a lot of it is well-intentioned and they still get to use their agency. And we get to use our agency too, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> to choose to but love think- and support people regardless of their decisions or to almost like hold it against them or blame them
1: or like oh well you brought this on yourself, right? Right. And I mean again, those are two extreme options.
0: Yes. <laughs> but
1: the funny thing is it's all about who we are. And that's God's message is I care about what's in your heart. We are so hyper-focused on what we're doing and our checklists and how much we need to do more of and less of. First of all, why are you doing what you're doing? And second of all, how much time are you spending thinking about what everybody else is doing? Yes. If we're going to have faith in God, wouldn't we want to take him at his word when he says things like, don't judge people? And I'm more concerned about the desires in your heart than I am about the things that you're doing.
0: Right. Because we will, we will ultimately act on those desires
1: anyway. I like to think about Christ and obviously we know we're supposed to do what he did. (laughs) Right. But I like to try to consider, well, why did he do what he did? And how did he do it? Of course, from my understanding, Christ went through all things. And so he very likely felt grief, pain, uh, inadequacy, fear, all of the emotions. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference between Christ and myself is that he didn't indulge in any of the emotions that didn't complement his purpose.
0: Oh yeah. Like he just allowed himself to feel them.
1: Right. Yeah. I guess I just think he had to know a few things. First of all, <laughs> to be able to only use confidence and love charity. And I i would imagine he was using faith, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know, but he had to know who he was. Mm-hmm. He had to know what, what his purpose was and not deviate from it. And I would imagine he really had to have an understanding of who we are in order to have the right fuel to take the actions that he took.
0: I love what you're saying about that. And that reminder that Christ's job was perfection, right? He was the one who couldn't mess that up. Thank goodness. We're not the ones with that responsibility. We can mess up. We can mess up over and over and over again.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and really, if we're doing what he's asking us to do, which is have faith in him, then wouldn't that mean that we're willing to mess up?
0: Yes. I love that idea. So if someone is listening to this and is recognizing in themselves places where they are experiencing some perfectionism or giving away their authority or being stuck in this all or nothing thinking, excuse me, what would be kind of like one thing, like what is the first step if they want to move out of that and become more in a place of making their decisions from, I guess, a a more intentional, authentic way.
1: Lots of times in our, in our coaching sessions, clients and I, I'll give them assignments and I'll tell them specifically, I want you to get this wrong. They'll always laugh at me, but I'm very serious when I say it because I want to know where they are right now. Yeah. I want to know what's going on in their minds right now so that I can understand what their needs are right now. Mm -hmm. And if they're focused on giving me the right answers, we're blocked. I can't give them the Full capacity that I have to offer as a coach, unless they're willing to show up and be wrong and say, Hey, can you help me gain perspective on this? So, I guess one thing I would offer is be willing to get it wrong enough to just be curious. Yes. We have these black and white, all or nothing, right or wrong ideas. That really stand in the way of our willingness to ask ourselves, well, what is it that I really think about this though?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think a lot of us, whether it was an effort to be adaptable and make life really easy in a big family that had tons of different opinions, <laughs> or we just were never asked questions about ourselves. I think a lot of us avoid figuring out what we think. And we just go with whatever's loudest, whatever's been repeated the most, or whatever we think that person that knows better than us thinks. Mm -hmm. I just want to offer that there's nobody, absolutely nobody on earth that knows better what you should do than you do.
0: Right. You know, and as you said, that was like, okay, but if God does know us better, He still needs us to learn. And through experience is how we learn.
1: Absolutely. And it's a personal experience. Yeah. And I've had the thought that there's a reason why the Holy Ghost doesn't have a body. And I think that's because truth is recognized, pure truth is recognized on the inside. Yes. So if I'm looking around for truth everywhere but inside, Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm learning everything about everybody else, but I'm learning nothing about me. Yes, yeah. The true core of who I am and how that connects so beautifully with who God thinks I am and who he is to me. Yes. Because who he is to someone else is different than who he is to you. Absolutely. And until you can experience it for yourself and actually feel truth from the inside, Mm -hmm. you're going to have questions and have this space that you just can't fill. Yeah.
0: It's like in, if you're watching general conference or something, right. And they are, and the speaker's telling you how much God loves you. If you don't believe that for yourself, it doesn't matter how often someone
1: else tells you right? because you don't know for yourself. (laughs) Well, and if you do, somehow feel some connection to them saying that it's because there's a spark inside of you that does recognize it as truth. Yeah. Which is really cool to think about because what else do I know that I'm not really looking at? Oh yeah. And where do I look to figure that out?
0: Yeah. And so then when you're willing to try and you're willing to get it wrong and to be curious about it that is how you start
1: turning inward to to learn one more thing I would offer to that process would be be willing to change your mind with more information Mm. even if it threatens your core beliefs learning it's a risk yeah and there's a reason why it's a risk because it takes faith. So be willing to change your mind about the things that you thought if it leads you into more of who you are and who you're trying to become.
0: I love that. It can be scary. It's a hard journey, but it's so oh, it's worth terrifying. it. it's <laughs>
1: terrifying. Oh, so much fear there. Yeah. But you can start to recognize what truth feels like even when fear is there. Mm-hmm you just you just have to be willing to have courage through the fear
0: yes right it's not it's not faith or fear it's I mean you can't or courage right like you have to experience fear in order to have courage and then choosing to act on it like that is the faith I often think faith is more action rather than uh
1: than an emotion right I totally agree I think hope is the feeling that fuels faith yeah and I think more than hope can do that too I think empowered can I th- I think it's probably there different seven, for each
0: person in the situation, yes.
1: right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Awesome.
0: Natalie, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your ideas. I know that there were so many little nuggets of, of wisdom and things that make me want to go and ponder on that and think about that and to help me grow. And I, I think, and I hope that my podcast
1: listeners will feel the same. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and in- and chat with you. And I love what you're doing. I think speaking to LDS women, and you said some men too, didn't you? Well, and I know just, my brother in law listens. So <laughs> see, see? It's, it's relevant for all. I just love I love meeting the needs that a lot of people don't understand they need. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're doing. And I I've really, I've really enjoyed getting to know more about your thoughts and perspectives. And for sure, I, I'm taking away that repentance is just asking Christ for help.
0: Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Because then I, then I can repent joyfully
1: each day. <laughs> yes. That's how we can make it this like incredible experience rather than this thing we're using to hurt ourselves.
0: Yes. Now Natalie you have a podcast right tell tell everyone what your podcast is so that they can all go learn more of your wisdom.
1: Yeah, so my podcast is called How's the View. Okay. And I'm speaking to a lot of people that are like me so that inner critic, overcoming self-perfectionism, all or nothing tendencies. Mm-hmm. If that is you, you will find quite a bit of information on How's the View. Also, I have a website. It's natalierushcoaching.com. If anyone's interested in yeah. a free consultation with me for one-on-one coaching and uh, my Instagram, I'm on there every once in a while. And that is at natalierushcoaching, So
0: That's great. Thank you. I'll make sure to get those in the show notes so people can check that out and find you easily. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. much. All right. Bye.